I'm really, really excited to host John Hillis from Creator Cabins. I have been following John right at the beginning of Creator Cabins and all the announcement. And it's it's really great to see how it has been evolved. And at Akida, we love all the articles published by Creator Cabins. And it's one of the projects uh, we love and resonate a lot. So, so thanks a lot, John, to be on the show. Oh, thanks so much for that kind introduction. It's great to be here. Yeah. So, John, uh, can you tell us, like, uh, the initial story, like, uh, how this uh, Creator Cabin was, uh, idea was brainstormed and developed and the vision? Yeah, definitely. So, um, <clears throat> I was at Instacart, where I was um, a product director for, for a while, and I was working on building for Instacart shoppers, uh, the gig workers who shop and deliver groceries. And um, I got a little burnt out. Uh, and I ended up um, t taking some time off and, um, you know, going and sitting on an uh, island off of the uh, coast of Thailand for a little while and thinking about what I wanted to do with my life. And, um, you know, came up with, with the idea that, you know, I wanted to go build a, a cabin in the woods for, for internet friends <laughs> and uh, ended up, you know, spending a little more time in Instacart, leaving and, and getting really interested in the gig economy and, you know, how that was going to transition for knowledge workers. And um, ultimately that led me down, down the path towards um, trying to understand the creator economy, um, forming something called the Creator Co-op, which was a, a group of, um, you know, people trying to make money independently online that we uh, we'd get together and have these kind of weekly sessions. And, and in the meantime, I was, I was uh, off working on, you know, this cabin in the woods. Um, and as soon as the cabin was done, I invited the creator co-op group out to the cabin and uh, you know, late one night sitting around the campfire talking about how we thought independent online creators were, were going to continue to evolve and, and talking about the ways um, that we thought that, these sort of new, um, particularly governance technologies around um, crypto were, were evolving, uh, you know, we, we decided to crowdfund this residency program um, for independent online creators via, um, uh, you know, a, a, an Ethereum-based crowdfund. Um, we minted a token and then um, as we started running those residencies, more people started showing up and, and getting interested in the project. And ultimately that evolved into Cabin, the DAO. That's, that's amazing. And from your experience of like this DAO, uh, re currently we see a lot of people calling themselves like a DAO and community aspect like what, according to you, are the core principles which truly defines the success of the DAO and community building? Wow, yeah, that's a big question. Um, so I think, you know, one thing that makes DAOs uh, successful, I, I think, is having a pretty clearly defined uh, purpose and, and vision and, and um, uh, something that, you know, people can sort of independently work on and contribute to. Um, for us, that's building a decentralized city. And so something um, as as we were starting to build the cabin, something that um, I was thinking a lot about was this idea of, of 
you know, cities and um, how they are built around the dominant technology of the era. And, uh, you know, most of the cities that we live in now were built around cars. And um, I think that cities in the next century are going to be built around the internet. And what's interesting about the internet is that it's not all in one place. And so I don't think we should expect that cities will, will be all in one place either. Um, and so what, what we're trying to build there are these pockets of um, you know nodes or neighborhoods that are all in different locations, but are tied together by shared governance and culture and community. And so I think that's really at the core of, of what Cabin is about, is about creating this decentralized city for independent online creators and um you know everything that we do ties back to that mission um and so uh i think if a dao doesn't have a really clearly defined mission like that it's hard for people to you know know what uh what the bat signal is and and how to sort of get involved and and contribute to it because um if you you know have an organization that is is decentralized um, and you don't have a clear mission, then it's very there's nothing that's sort of holding the group together. Got it. And uh, and for this decentralized cities, um, can you elaborate on like the utility aspect of the citizens or the uh, DAO members for this? And there are we see like. There are a lot of online communities and they have in-person meetups. How this decentralized city is different uh, from, from those? Sure. So, um, yeah, I, I think the, well, the, the first difference between, you know, this and, and say some meetups is that uh, we have physical space. So um, I'm currently sitting in one of our cabins. Um, we're on a 28-acre property outside of Austin, Texas, in, in the Hill Country. Um, and we have some cabins out here um, where we, we run programs uh, um, like residencies for DAO operators, um, you know, build weeks. So there's actually a big group out here right now that is uh, from Cabin. And we are working on building um, a big patio fire pit pergola structure this week which was entirely um you know designed and uh built by members of the dow um and so uh you know we, we are instantiating this city in physical space that is um operated by the dow itself and so i think that's that's pretty unique i don't think uh there's really any other groups doing that right now exactly um and uh uh you know i think that as we continue to grow we will will not only build out more cabins on this property we'll add you know additional nodes in the network and in terms of utility i think ultimately um it will become you know this uh, uh broad swath of locations across the world that dow members and and folks who are coming out for residencies and retreats can travel around to so for instance here is a um, cabin passport that I'm holding up, uh, which is a chip embedded card. Um, it has a, a public private key pair on, on a chip embedded in this that can be scanned on things like phones or, you know, door locks um, and can provide access to uh, parts of, of the cabin network, both virtually and IRL. That's amazing. Actually, uh, I, I really love that card. I was reading about that and like Kongland, uh, you partnered with them to manufacture this, and uh, it's it's amazing. 
So, uh, uh, going going deeper into let's uh, for a decentralized city and decentralized uh, DAO in in your network state, uh, you have the governance uh, layer which is operated by DAO. You have the physical layer where the people can from the DAO can access these uh, cabins, and also you have this card. Um, what do you think are the challenges for someone who wants to develop similar thing, and uh, and also for people, this is like a internet based, like our creator based economy. There might be uh, it might take a take some time for someone to develop a node in their city, and if they have travel restriction or visa restriction, it might take some time. So, how do you foresee like inclusiveness in the space and getting everyone on the same page? Yeah, the um, the cool thing uh, that we realized when we started running the residencies at, at first, we were thinking, oh, this is all about you know the physical space, uh, and this is about bringing people out to the physical space, and that's obviously an important part of it. But what we saw was that um, as we started building, people from all over the world were showing up in our Discord and joining the community and, and wanting to contribute. And you know, we we have an active set of guilds now which are really the groups in which the, the core um, work of the DAO happens. And so there's a media guild that publishes a lot of articles about um, you know, how to DAO. Um, there is a product guild that develops things like our NFT passport product and, and some other products that we're working on. Um, there's the placemakers guild that thinks about the physical space. Um, and, uh, you know, all of these guilds, and then there's also social clubs, right, and, and other groups within the organization that are not work focused, and anybody in the world can participate in those. Um, and so it, it's not, you know, sort of limited by the, the physical geography. Um, uh, so, so that's kind of the uh, a part of the answer. And then the other part is that over time, we'd, we'd love to have nodes all over the world. And so um, ideally, this is, is something where no matter where you live, um, you know, you're, you're not too far from uh, being in a chunk of the, the cabin network. Got it. And I'm curious to know, uh, like, how can you make uh, such organization like financially sustainable? So uh, like, let's say if someone is starting from ground up and they have limited resources and they can't buy the land or build a cabin, but still they want to make this decentralized city, like how would, what's your piece of advice to them? So I think the first thing um, that folks can do if they want to, you know, be a part of this is just get involved with the DAO, which um, you don't have to, you know, own or, or operate a node in the network to be involved with the DAO. Like, like I just mentioned, there's lots of other ways to get involved. So if you're a writer or, uh, you know, engineer or a product manager or a community builder, um, you know, we, we have a spot for you and you can be a part of the community. Um, if you, you know, want to take the next step and, come out for a build week or, you know, come out to be a part of a program, um, bring your own DAO out for a retreat. Um, you know, th those are great ways to get more plugged into the network. And then ultimately, you know, if you want to um, take the, the big step of, of starting a node, um, we are trying to reduce the 
barriers and the friction uh, for people to be able to do that as much as possible. So we're testing out a lot of things right now at node zero here where, where I am at the moment um, that will be able to start you know, transferring to uh, help other people make it easier to start other nodes, whether that is, um, you know, playbooks for, for how to get it up and running, tools for um, uh, crowdfunding or bringing together groups of people to, to do this, um, you know, as a, as a sort of squad um, or, you know, resources to help kind of bootstrap the, um, the demand for, for people coming in. Uh, possibly even like prefabricated housing. Um, you know, we, we've learned a lot about how to build something like this out here at Node Zero. And our goal is just to help other people make it as easy as possible to do the same thing. That's awesome. What is your vision in 2030? How like DAO's decentralized cities network state looks like? Yeah, 20, 2030. Um, is a, a long way away and i think i've learned uh um you know nobody's particularly good at making predictions about brand new developing things on on that kind of timeline so um you know i think we have to be humble enough to take any speculation here with with a bit of a, a grain of salt um but i think that you know pe people uh, i think bill gates maybe had a quote something to the effect of um you know, people like kind of overestimate uh, what can happen in a year and underestimate what can happen in a decade. And so if we're, we're looking at a decade, I think um, we're probably all dramatically underestimating how much uh, the world can change on this dimension in, in that amount of time. And so I would certainly expect that, you know, we will have nodes all over the world, um, that we will have a network of places to stay and people living across the network um, and, you know, traveling between nodes uh, as well as operating, you know, a wide range of programs. Um, I think that, <clears throat> you know, the, the way that this plays out in relation to um, the concept of, of city states or nation states is probably the most speculative and, and uncertain um, part of this. And, you know, I think our goal right now we're not trying to, uh, you know, declare sovereignty or, or like uh, claim that that we're a nation state or something like that. What we're trying to do is is LARP uh, as a city state, and you know, continue to have our uh, cabin, the token, and and these passports that I just shared with you, and um, you know, other ways that we can help um, plant the seeds of the idea that people can uh, be a part of a community and a, a network and a set of locations that can, um, you know, take on some of the, uh, the role in their lives of uh, the, the, the way that, you know, local governments like cities operate now. Um, and, you know, we'll just have to see how that plays out. I think we're in it, we're, we're not uh, interested in some like grand libertarian exit. Um, we think that being embedded in, um, you know, local governments is, is actually an important part of, of uh, the network. Um, but we, you know, do also <clears throat> acknowledge that historically speaking, we're in a period in which the role of the um, nation state is changing. 
and um, you know, we we want to kind of be on the cutting edge of uh, what what that looks like in the future. Awesome. And uh, on that line, like, how are you seeing the future of work uh, evolving? And uh, for for someone who is starting their professional journey, like, what's your piece of advice to them? So I have spent a, a long time working on, you know, the future of work. And, and so I do have pretty well-formed uh, thoughts and opinions here. Um, <laughs> So, you know, what, what I learned from my time uh, leading product teams, building software for gig workers at Instacart is that um, uh, declining transaction costs are changing the nature of the firm. And so, um, you know, Ronald Coase wrote this Nobel Prize winning um, uh, essay in, I believe, the 70s called The, the Nature of the Firm. And the idea was basically that... Um, as uh, you know, as transaction costs decline, the, the need to uh, create contracts and and um, you know deals uh, between individuals um, as that declines, you 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 know really have less of a need for traditional corporate structures. And and actually, the only reason companies exist in the first place is because of these transaction costs. Because it's um, when you have high transaction costs, it's easier to pool people together rather than to transact on, on every individual um, activity, um, which is actually how like a pure market would work. And I think what we're seeing now is that software is causing that transaction cost decline. And so if you think about the transition from a, an employment agreement, um, you know, where you're going through a big interview process and signing a bunch of paperwork and whatever to a gig platform where you're looking at an atomic unit of work and um, either accepting or rejecting it, that is an incredibly large decline in transaction costs that's, that's changing how people work. Um, and I think what we're seeing now is that that's starting to work um, its way from, you know, kind of uh, um, more commoditized labor into less commoditized labor and particularly into knowledge work. And I think that DAOs are one of the best examples of how that starts to happen in the context of knowledge work where um, you know we can now have increasingly low transaction costs for uh, the ways that people join organizations, the ways that people earn um, within organizations bounties uh, and um, uh, you know other um, work completion and compensation mechanisms that are being organized now. Um, permissionlessly on, you know, Discord um, uh, in a way that, you know, just wouldn't work in the context of a traditional company. And so um, I think that is the future of work. And the, the, this is just the beginning of it. Um, we're going to see it continue to evolve and, and mature, not only um, in terms of groups of people coordinating effectively in this sort of <clears throat> increasingly self-sovereign way, um, but also uh, computers starting to um, coordinate with people, um, you know, in this sort of like peer-to-peer -peer market approach. Um, and I think that's probably the, the ultimate end state for DAOs is, is this sort of like fluid collaboration between groups of individuals and or um, you know, uh, smart contracts or AIs or, or whatever you want to call them um, in some sort of very loose coordinating uh, 
structure that optimizes for results and um, can then be uh, sort of ratified or or um, can you know have budget allocation coming from some superstructure of connected localized entities. I see. Oh, one one thing I I found interesting about creative cabins and and also your uh, past experiences, like we see like online culture very predominant in DAOs and in general in creator economy, and. Uh, like I went to conference last week at ETH Denver and like the physical meeting has another layer of bonding. So uh, what are your thoughts on like like bonding for community? Is it a hybrid of few physical meetups combined with online work or you don't foresee physical uh, part necessary for online community building? Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's both. It's um, it's going to be a hybrid model. Um, so what I think uh, people are getting wrong about hybrid right now is a lot of companies are are starting to say like, oh well, you know, we we're not going back to five days a week in, in the office, but uh, we are going to have some hybrid thing where it's like three days in the office, two days not in the office. That is not the answer. <laughs> that is like the worst. <laughs> That's the worst of all worlds because you're still tied to a single physical location. Um, you end up with some people in the office, some people not in the office. You've got half the group IRL, half on Zoom. Like that's just, that's the worst uh, outcome. What I think good hybrid looks like is basically, um, you know, an, an internet first uh, digitally native nomadic version of, of hybrid where 90% um, of your time you're living wherever you want in the world. You are, um, you know, contributing asynchronously um, with people who you've met online because the pool of people uh, online is so much greater than in person. And so you can really find the right people. Um, and by the way, dating apps have really like proven this out. There's no more highly motivated group of people than online daters. And, and um, if you look at the charts of how people meet that are in relationships, it's just like a straight up line for, you know, <laughs> uh, people meeting through dating apps and, and basically just like collapsing on every other dimension because um, there's just such a greater pool of, of choice and ability for matching. So you meet online, but then you get together IRL and, um, you know, the, liminal time and space and the um, high bandwidth of, of reality are super important for people to be able to make deep, meaningful connections and to um, uh, work on, on creative work. Got it. That's amazing. I, I totally like uh, resonate, resonate with your response. Uh, I want to pick your brain on uh, so we see there are a lot of structures in DAO emer emerging like organizational structures. Some people are going for guild-based structures. Some people are creating like DAOs and sub-DAOs. What do you think like are like good structures which are like evolving in this space? Every uh, DAO is going to need to navigate this one on their own um, because DAOs are different uh, and they have different goals and, and groups of people. Um, so I don't think there's one right answer. Um, 
I also think we're just very early. And I, I think that the best thing we can do is get a bunch of different experimentation across DAOs um, and, you know, basically have a um, sort of evolutionary process with a, a survival of the fittest where we're, um, you know, we're kind of in like the Cambrian explosion mode right now. And, and we just need to try a bunch of things out. Um, that said, I think um, a helpful framework here that some some cabin residents uh, um, and, and I were talking about a while back when we were out, out building trail one day um, was the uh, sort of classic um, Aristotelian uh, triangle of, you know, basically rule of the one, rule of, of the few and rule of the many. Um, and, and so that's essentially like uh, um, autocracy, aristocracy and, and democracy. Um, if you look at any really successful uh, governments, um, you know, structure like the, the United States, for instance, there tends to be a sort of balance of, of those three forces. Um, and so I think that DAOs need to strike the, the same type of, of balance, though, obviously, with a very different set of tools that will lead to different outcomes. Um, so I think it's a, a pretty bad failure mode for DAOs to optimize for pure direct democracy and to try to do everything as like a full DAO to, you know, token vote. Um, I think most people acknowledge that at this point. Um, the question is then like, what, what does good look like? What does great look like? And I think that the answer there so far seems to be that you want to push as much executive power to the edges as possible. And you want to empower small groups with, you know, the most sort of locally relevant knowledge to have the resources to solve problems. And um, that's easier said than done. Uh, but I think that, you know, I, ideally sort of two pizza teams, maybe um, anywhere from one to six or seven people um, is the right size to actually get anything done. And the more that we can empower <clears throat> groups of that size operating at the edges of the network with resources, um, you know, probably the, the better that we end up doing. I see. And was there any like aha or gotcha moment in your crypto journey or DAO journey? Oh, a gotcha moment. Um, could, could you say a little bit more about what you're thinking of there? Like what type of, of things? Like uh, a realization where, ooh, uh, like I, I I presume this differently or now it makes more sense. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. So um, <clears throat> I was I was actually pretty skeptical about uh, DAOs at first, um, as was, well, I think actually essentially our, our whole team was. So when we brought the creator co-op group out, we were talking about, you know, what it might look like to start putting together this residency program. And the goal was not to start a DAO. Um, and I think that, and it, you know, anybody who, whose goal is to just like start a DAO should probably reevaluate what they're actually trying to accomplish. Because um, like that in and of itself is, is not really a, a goal. Um, and I think that, you know, at first I, I was, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about it and it was like, well, you know, if we're going to put together this residency program, what, what actual tools here are like better than just 
organizing it on a spreadsheet or, you know, whatever, like, why, why do we need these tools? And I think what I've come around to is that um, the ability to sort of self-sovereignly custody assets that represent um, governance over a shared resource is a pretty incredible coordination technology. Um, and, uh, you know, if you, if you look back through history, basically every time there's a new really substantial coordination technology, um, it unlocks new types of uh, essentially decentralized cities. <laughs> and so, you know, I, uh, we, we had started talking about this idea of decentralized cities b before the DAO even existed. Um, and only after the fact did um, uh, I sort of gain the historical context to look back and realize like, oh, actually this same type of coordination technology, whether it's, um, you know, the irrigation networks that were being developed in the, in the first river valleys that turned into the ancient civilizations or the, um, you know, phonetic alphabet that, that sort of um, led to uh, the, the first Greek city-states um, or the kind of medieval market towns developing. Um, they all have this, this shared uh, situation where, where new coordination technology is allowed for people <clears throat> to form new types of cities based on, on self-governance. Um, and so I think that um, the situation that we're in now with, um, with you know, cryptocurrencies uh, is finally starting to make the transition from cryptocurrencies as a financial asset to cryptocurrencies as a representation of, of uh, self-sovereign governance capabilities, which is a really important transition. Yeah, I, I will just uh, give uh, the reference to the article you were mentioning. So for yeah. everyone watching on the stream, like check out the amazing blogs by Creator Cabins on creators.mirror.xyz. And they have a awesome website here. This is the vision, some of the glimpse of their IRL meetups here. And this is John's mirror. If you want to check out john.mirror.xyz. And this is one of the article uh, he published. So do you want to talk a bit uh, or like high level overview about this article? Yeah, sure. I've, I've touched on some of the points here. Here's actually the graph I was mentioning earlier with the just like crazy spike in um, how, how people, you know, in the dating pool meet. Uh, and you can, you can see that, um, you know, basically everybody meets online now because there's this huge pool and then they, they get together in person. Um, and that's where they, they build the relationship. Um, this is from uh, actually the original article where, um, you know, we, we coined the term decentralized cities. Um, and at the time, you know, we, uh, we hadn't even finished building the, the new cabin up the hill. Um, the Dow didn't exist. Um, this was really just like a um, kind of crazy out there idea. And now, not even quite a year later, it's amazing how much more real it feels. We have, you know, um, a, a big community of people. We have people coming out here all the time for for um, residencies, for retreats, for build weeks. And uh, we're, we're, you know, figuring out 
the plans now to add new nodes to the network. And um, it, it's, it's pretty crazy to uh, imagine how in, you know, essentially um, a year we've gone from uh, kind of crazy idea to, to it feels like we're, we're on the path towards building this decentralized city. Yeah. And one thing I, I found quite interesting about a creator cabin is your articles are not only limited to creator cabin, but in general, like a broader spectrum of web three where like, uh, as this is like the first article it currently published that how to work in web three and then, uh, how is like like in general DAO ecosystem learning uh, articles? So, uh, how how do you guys brainstorm about the content to write uh, in this space? Yeah, so the um, the Media Guild uh, operates this blog, and um, it, the guild is facilitated by. Roxine Key, uh, who you see right there on the um, right, and um, it's done in a very decentralized way, um, very DAO native way. So anybody can come in and pitch an article, um, and you know write something, and then there's a other folks within the guild who are our editors, um, and you know once once something sort of meets the collective bar of the media guild. Um, then we go ahead and, and publish it uh, on the site here. And um, you can see mo some of the articles are, are just one person, but many of them are um, you know, collaborations among several DAO members. Yeah, and earlier uh, you were referring to this article of like when you were mentioning your point about Greek states and how uh, the space is emer emerging. Uh, like after we reviewed like this article in our DAO, it, it was like a big realization that, well, like DAO at this moment is like a big point. We can contribute like to the whole ecosystem and like we might not get such opportunities in Century or like uh, this space. So very yeah, well written. Thank you very much. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like a big moment. Um, and uh, it was kind of crazy to go back and, and put some of this stuff in historical context, because when we were talking about decentralized cities, we didn't really even realize that there was such a rich history of this same pattern repeating itself of coordination technologies leading to decentralized cities, leading to federated groups of cities, leading to you know centralized states, leading to, to collapse. Um, and if you actually just um, look at the like, structure of Western civilization. It's typically grouped into the four periods outlined in this article. Um, I think there's a pretty compelling case to be made that um, the cycle of each of these sort of mega structures of Western civilization is is driven by this pattern in a way that um, you know, we, we didn't even really realize uh, uh, we were participating in until after the fact. Awesome, yeah. What are like, I know it's going to be a, a challenge. What are like three articles you recommend for a newbie in this space? Like if they are reading out creator uh, mirror to read for sure. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, let me pull up the uh, blog here and, and take a look. Um, so, you know, I think this how to work in web three one uh, that we, we just published 
is really good for a new person coming in to just get set up from a, you know, kind of structural, logistical, legal accounting standpoint. Um, so, so that's a good place to start. Um, <clears throat> if you are already an active contributor to a DAO, um, you know, I would check out the um, operator residency program article, which talks a little bit about how you can get involved in, in um, coming out to the cabins to spend time with other uh, top, you know, leaders and contributors in the ecosystem. Um, in terms of uh, like background and, and sort of deep dive into cabin itself, I think uh, Roxine's article, Cabin LARPing as a City State is uh, like probably the best summary that's been written of the, the history of the DAO so far and how we got here and, and what we're trying to do. Um, and then, you know, uh, if you want more of the kind of historical deep dive, uh, building on some of the ideas we've been talking about, I would definitely check out the brief history of decentralized cities and uh, centralized states. That's awesome. Uh, I I wanted to talk uh, a bit more on the informal side uh, of, of your journey. So are there any books or mentors who made a big impact in your life? Sure, many. Uh, wow. So uh, let me start with you know, so, so I think what, one thing that's kind of fun about um, being a part of, of something like this uh, is that you, looking backwards, you can trace back a lot of different routes that, that um, you know, contributed to it in ways that you, you maybe didn't expect at the time. Um, so for instance, in college, I spent a lot of time studying uh, complex adaptive systems and, and agent-based models and um, all of it in the context of how to overcome collective action problems, um, which are essentially like core concepts of DAOs. Uh, I just didn't have the, the, that language at the time. And, and um, I, I guess that language didn't even exist yet at the time. Um, and so there's, you know, one of my uh, kind of personal heroes uh, um, is Eleanor Ostrom, who wrote a lot about these topics, particularly in the context of um early civilization and and uh irrigation networks which were um you know perhaps the first big coordination problem that was solved in a, a bottom-up way and and you know led to um the emergence of civilization um so i would highly recommend checking out eleanor ostrom's work um i think that uh you know, another thread that's been a, a, an important part of my life is um, architecture. Uh, it was the first thing I wanted to be when, when I grew up, when I was a kid, um, until I realized that it requires a tremendous amount of uh, <laughs> dedicated sort of uh, specialized schooling and apprenticeships and stuff like that, that, that just seemed like um, it was going to take up too much time. Uh, and so I, I didn't end up going down that path, but I, I did read... Um, some great stuff by uh, architects. And, and in particular, I think that um, A Pattern Language um, uh, by Christopher Alexander and, and some other folks is a fantastic way to really think about um, architecture for, uh, from sort of first principles and is also actually a really great uh, um, mental model for the creation of pattern languages in other categories. 
Um, so for instance, I, I think that some folks have been talking uh, um, about the idea of uh, pattern language for DAOs, which I think is a really great idea. Um, so those are some of my kind of uh, um, strongest like academic and, and personal influences in terms of, um, uh, you know, mentors, people who, who have actually been in my life. Um, it's my, my parents and grandparents have been um, just a tremendous influence on me. Um, they are, you know, my, my parents uh, have always really encouraged me to pursue um, things that were, were going to, you know, make me happy or be things that I was really passionate about. Um, and my, um, uh, you know, grandparents were, were just these wild, uh, adventurers who, who I think were a little ahead of their time. They, um, raised my, my dad and his siblings in the jungles of Africa and India, um, when they were kids in the, in the, um, 50s and 60s and um, they um, you know instilled in me a, a sense of adventure and and also um, this place where I'm I'm sitting now was actually um, you know originally their house and and I think both them and my parent my parents gave me this deep love of nature um, and sense of of place here um, that has been a really important part of my journey awesome I know uh, uh, we have a few minutes left, so I'm going to end the interview with a rapid fire. So you'll have 10 okay. to 15 se seconds to answer the question and got to keep it brief. So Great. let's go. Uh, which city is in your travel bucket list? Uh, Lisbon. I haven't been to Lisbon. I'd love to go. Heard great things about it. Uh, your hobbies? <laughs> uh building stuff out here, fixing fences, repairing pipes, uh, doing whatever needs to be done. <laughs> I see. Uh, what's your favorite restaurant? Oh my God. Um, there's a little hole in the wall um, Korean barbecue place in Oakland called Jonga House that I love to go to. I see. Uh, your favorite movie? Oh man. Uh, uh, I, I really don't know that I could pick a favorite, but I love Forrest Gump. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Anything in life you wish you would have done differently? Oh my God. Many things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but generally speaking, um, you know, nothing too major. I try to just like, uh, um, I feel very fortunate and I try to live with, with a sense of gratitude for the way that things have happened. I see. Uh, uh, are you a dog person or a cat person? A uh, dog person, definitely. I see. Uh, what is, uh, if you had unlimited time and resources, what is one thing you would do when you wake up tomorrow? Exactly what I'm doing, but just with more time and resources. <laughs> I see. Uh, is there anything which we didn't cover about creator cabins or your personal journey, which you would like to talk? Uh... No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate the thoughtful questions. All right. Thanks a lot for your time uh, to do this. Uh, it was an amazing interview and I really like 
uh, the work at Creator Cabin. So I will constantly look forward to like how it evolves and participate in one of the events. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward to having you out here at the cabin soon. Thanks so much. Yeah, actually, like uh, I didn't get a chance. Like we 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 are a bunch of architects at Architect Architecture DAO. So in case you have new nodes and you want to design something, like let us know. Yeah, absolutely. We have a group of uh, architects in the DAO. Um, would love to have any any more of you all join. Um, we are, like I said, doing a build week right now. We have another one coming up, led by a fantastic architect named Kat Dov. Um, and if if anyone uh, is interested in putting <laughs> their uh, you know architectural knowledge into into practical uh, use cases and and has ideas about what we should build out here, wants to run a build week, please reach out and and let me know. Awesome. Actually, I I know Kat. I'm gonna host her soon, so. I'll... Oh, awesome. amazing. Very cool. Small world. Yeah. Yeah. See you, John. Have a nice rest of your day. Thanks so much. See you.